<laughs> there it is! When that robot voice comes in, you know it is time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to ELC. Especially if you're one of our geeks and sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. Or hey, maybe, maybe you're dashing about town trying to get that holiday shopping done. Maybe you're just lounging around the house, petting the dog with us in your ear holes. Don't worry. We're going to be with you for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash DLC pod. They bring the show to you. Their generosity, their support means we get to make these. And boy, are we grateful. In exchange, our patrons get some cool perks, including ad-free versions of the show, video versions of the show on demand, and a whole bevy of bonus content, including this last week, you got our up-to-the-minute instant hot take reactions to the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer. If you're a patron, you also get the Wednesday paid DLC program every week with Lana Bashinsky joining Christian Spicer and myself to talk about all the stuff you want to talk about, all the stuff the patrons want to talk about. It's a great time. Also, you've got Feeling This, two seasons of that with Alex Solman joining Christian Spicer to talk about the feelings behind video games. We're going to give you next week a... Uh, spoiler cast of our thoughts on uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2. We had last week a spoiler cast on Alex, uh, Alex, <laughs> Alan Wake 2 or Alex Wake. One of those two games. I don't know. Uh, it's so much content. And all you got to do is support the show and make sure we get to keep making them at patreon.com slash DLC pod. But this show, the main show DLC, it's the show all about games and their many forms games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, the spell with two N's and one T. And I am joined as always by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis. The guy who might not actually have been the best dressed at the game awards this year. Had he gone, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. I think it's this week our Spider-Man 2 spoiler chat comes out, right? Like, it's Sunday right now. Is it, is it next week or is it this it's, week? It's happening soon. So stay tuned. <laughs> we recorded it, is, it, is, it already. Yes, what, it's in, yes. Yes. We need to just put that little polish on it, i.e. post it. But it's yeah. soon, dear listeners. It's, it's soon. soon. Uh, we got so much show for you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a little bit concerned it's not going to fit in its container. Uh, we have so much to get to because uh, big week, G- game awards, tons of announcements, uh, games, new trailers, uh, awards, people talking, people singing, all kinds of things to discuss. But the good news is we have a fantastic guest to do it with. You know, the DLC always stands if you're a downloadable Kanata and you're downloadable Christian, but this week, oh, I'm so excited because DLC stands for Direct Linear Consequences because that's how you might describe an aftermath. Oh, my goodness. And from the brand new independent worker-owned video game website, Aftermath, we have our friend Gita Jackson back with us. Hi, Gita. Hello, I'm Gita, and I'm here, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I... I was blown away by that incredible synonym for aftermath that you came up with. 
Uh, you know, I put a little more work into these than I probably should, but it brings me joy, as yeah. does seeing you back with us. Congratulations on the launch of Aftermath. It's wonderful to see you guys striking out on your own and finding so much success so quickly. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's been wild. It's only been a month. My my beautiful baby mub site is one month old, and <laughs> now it's starting to sort of lift its solid up. foods. Some yes. solid foods. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we still have to hold its neck, but you know we're we're gonna be we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. It's a real human now. I right. I love just being able to worry about not worrying about someone's boss someone's boss's boss, not worrying about a sales department somewhere, but just thinking about what do the people that want to read this website actually want to read? And it makes me so happy every day. So I'm happy to be here on another listener-supported venture right now. We've got to support each other. That's great. Yes, I love the way you put that, and it is indeed true. we got a lot to get to, so let's jump right in and start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us uh, an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's also where you can send any comments or questions, stories, anecdotes, anything you'd like us to know. We love hearing from you, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Also, we have a Discord, which is 5x5DLC on Discord. Great folks hanging out, talking about all sorts of stuff there. Be a part of it. Jump in. Participate. Uh, Usually, this is the part of the show where I ask everybody what their story of the week is. But there's so much to talk about this week. I don't think we're (laughs) going to do it that way because we're going to just work through it. I would like, before we even get to the Game Awards, I would like to ask you, Gita. Uh Uh-huh. What was your feeling about the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer reveal, which is almost old news at this point. There's so, in so many new trailers from the Game Awards. <laughs> we, we released a special episode to our patrons where Christian and I talked about it. But I'd love to hear your take on what is probably the biggest, most anticipated trailer drop uh, of the year, if not the decade. You know, I'm – I – I – I'm a journalist married to another journalist. So I, I tend to be a little bit skeptical, but I even I cannot beat down the part of me that is like in kind of hype for a new Grand Theft Auto, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I when I saw the trailer, I've been watching in this this the name of this show contains a as it contains a swear word in it, but Rap Shit, which is a great HBO show um about like a duo of female rappers from Miami and I love it so much so as soon as I saw the trailer start up and I recognized where they were, where they were like current day Miami I was like yes this is exactly the vibe that I want for this game and then of course I'm over the moon you know when the last Grand Theft Auto I was living in Chicago when the last Grand Theft Auto came out which is like over 10 years ago which is passage of time you know yeah, that's crazy yeah. And I remember all over the city, there were these really cool, like, bus stop posters of these different cool, mean-looking women, <laughs> right, that were arresting each other and doing crimes. And I was just <laughs> a little sad that I wasn't going to get to play as one. But I love, I love Lucia. And I'm so interested in knowing what her story is. And I feel like it's a great setup. I, I don't know. Something's nice about a Bobby and Clyde type situation. Yeah. I'm very into that. So... I, even a cold, dead heart such as mine, even I get excited for this kind of stuff. You know, it's Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. You got to be a little bit hype. 
I love it. That's great. And twenty, you know, twenty twenty five. We it's a little long to wait, but yeah, it's all, the hype is already starting for for us too. Uh, very cool. All right, well, let's get into the game awards because that's really, uh, you know, the, the second part of the week just completely dominated by this massive uh, this massive event. That uh, kudos to a friend of the show, Jeff Keeley. He's he's really, I think, continuing to evolve this thing and turn it, uh, bringing a lot of class to it and turning it into a sort of must-watch event on the calendar uh, in the video game world. Um, I was pretty impressed. It, you know, I think it's much too long still, but that's something that plagues all award shows across, yeah. uh, you know, any kind of genres. Um, but uh, what did you think overall of the, the Game Awards, Gita? You know, and I saw Jeff's tweet about this, so I know he agrees with me, but I do think the the speeches were too short for the the award winners. Mm -hmm. That's one criticism, and I'm glad that Jeff has acknowledged this, because I'm when I see Sam Lake from Memory Entertainment win an award, I would like to hear him speak for about half an hour. I know that's (laughs) not possible, but I think, you know, I would love to know what he thinks about, you know, one thing about the Oscars that I always remember there was a, there's always incredible speeches that people remember about people really giving it their all and uh, explaining about what they love about the art form that they've won an award for. I mean, even like the old school MTV VMAs has had some <laughs> classic speeches. I'm just thinking about Fiona Apple's speech where she was like, uh, I didn't think I was going to win, but by the way, this entire shit thing, the whole society is bullshit. It's a memorable <laughs> event, you know? You Right. If you, if nothing else, I think award shows are places where culture is created, you know, alongside a rewarding culture. Yeah. So I'd love to see a little bit more space for the people who make this culture to continue to make culture, right? To continue to create those moments that we'll never forget. Yeah. So I guess that's my whole thing is let them talk more, but hopefully next year it'll be a little bit different. Yeah, you got to find where that pendulum should land, right? Yeah. Because you can't go too far or else it's like, okay, get get on with it. Yeah, and, and, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a tough line to walk, I think. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, we In our Discord, we had um, somebody post a, uh, a social media uh, post from uh, Haley Elise, who's uh, not somebody I'm super aware of, but she is a, um, a freelance journalist uh, who's been published on GameSpot and Kotaku. Uh, and she uh, posted a breakdown of the Game Awards. The th- uh, three-hour runtime was allocated with 10 minutes of winner speeches, the speeches from the winners, 13 and a half minutes of musical numbers, 26 and a half minutes of the actual award presenters. Other presenters, you know, people standing on the stage talking, was 42.5 minutes, meaning here's the game that's coming out, you know, coming out, let's talk to Jeff, it's you know, Hideo Kojima for 40 minutes and then two and a half minutes of other people. <laughs> um, and then trailers and ads, a whopping one hour and 28 minutes. That's a lot of minutes. <laughs> that's just yes. so many minutes. Yes. Yeah, I know that's how the show is paid for. But I would also say this is why I own a small business now, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. So you don't have to you don't have to do it that way. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's the it's just like the ad based model. There's there's a certain concessions you have to make. And yeah. if I were in charge of an award show, I would do it differently, but I'm not. So there you go. Christian, what was your overall feelings of this year's Game Awards? I know you've not been a fan in the past of the entire endeavor, but uh, I also know that you watched this year. So what did you think of it? I love interactive media. 
I love it so very much. And I love that the Game Awards helps share that love with other people. I love that other people get to watch it and be inspired. I love that some of the developers really cherish the moment they have. I love that it brings the community together in a way. I love the folks who attend live have a good time connecting with folks that they get to see live because there aren't as many of those instances anymore. I told one of my favorite parts about E3 was getting everybody together and seeing people and meeting new friends. And I love that the Game Awards can be that for so many people. It's also (laughs) an event where the studio that won Game of the Year is crying, thanking deceased team members who poured their love and sweat and tears into this game that's so beloved while being played off the stage after 25 seconds. And it has never not been that event. That has always been what this thing is. It's been 10 years. It hasn't changed. And it is a commercial vehicle that is for one person. And I love that other people are able to find joy in it. And I love that other people are able to share their love of games through it. But I'm not expecting it to change. And I'm not, I I never expect much from it. So all of that said, I thought it was great. You know, (laughs) I I, I thought it's what it is. I thought it was great. It's what it is. It's, 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 it's cotton candy. You know, it's like expecting the VMAs to be a different award show than what it is. Right. When I watch the VMAs, I'm there to see Cardi B do bongos. Right. Like that's what I'm there (laughs) to see. Right. Yes. I have to accept it for what it is. Yeah. I, I mean, with the Oscars, I used to be one of those people that watches the Oscars every year and has like a party and gets a cheese plate or whatever. And then <laughs> right. I stopped drinking. So now I don't do that anymore. Um, and I I instead watch the On Cinema at the Cinema Oscar special, which is Tim Heidecker and Greg Turkington have this satirical Oscar coverage that they do every year at the same time as the Oscars. That is really tremendously funny and they tell you who wins in each category too so it's not like you're missing out on anything really so i there may be a point when i'm like no longer able to watch the game awards because i'm just like it's never going to be different from what it is right like yeah it just is always going to be this particular thing and the way that the funding model for this award ceremony is set up means that they have to play an hour and a half of ads uh, while you're watching the show which can be a little bit grating but um, right now, uh, there was at least one thing this year that was something I could not have seen anywhere else and made me feel a real d- deep sense of love for the medium. And that was definitely the old Gods of Asgard musical performance with everyone from Remedy dancing on stage. Yeah. And I'll give them that, right? Like that was really special and made me really happy. Um, and I watched it like two more times immediately afterward. <laughs> and I, kudos like, to them for understanding that that was going to be uh, a thing. Like I know that um, Jeff, you know, a, a minute and a half before that happened was on social media saying, Hey, if you're not watching tune in now, it's about you're, you're going to, you won't regret it. it that they knew they were creating something, I think very special. And I, and that's what you want out of these kinds of things. As you so eloquently put Gita, it creates culture, right? Yeah. These award shows create culture. And I think that was one of those moments that elevates to that level. 
Yeah, but I think I'd also want the Sea of Stars devs to receive like of that breakdown, half of the awards recipients weren't even allowed to say thirty seconds. Well, they were never given the opportunity. That it's very weird to have these long sequences where we bring out people whose games haven't come out yet. Yeah, (laughs) you know, like let's talk about the game that's going to come out in two years. Yeah, and meanwhile, it's like, um, at the Grammys, if you were like, "Hey, Drake, so what are you doing in the studio right yeah. now?" <laughs> right? Yeah, Great. I got I got an album for coming like out a... yeah. in twenty twenty five. It's going to be slamming. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The uh, yeah, but and meanwhile, you have Jeff like turning directly to camera and being like, "Best racing game is Forza Motorsport. Congratulations, turn ten. Best." It's like, whoa, yeah. what? Those people yeah. don't deserve to have a moment. They won. They are the best game in their category the entire year. And it's just like moving right along. You know, it's very, uh, it wasn't like, it's not like a technical achievement. I know that the Academy Awards does like the technical achievement awards, the guy who invented a new camera. Like we're not going to put that in the main broadcast. We're kind of sum up, but this was like a major award. From (laughs) software, what an award, you know, Uh, for Armored Core 6, which was genuinely I'm still obsessed with Armored Core 6. Honestly, I, I love that game a lot. Um, you know, who doesn't want to see Miyazaki speak, <laughs> right? Everybody yeah. loves 30 seconds from him. So, right. Yeah. It's, it, it is, uh, it's, it's still, we haven't found the perfect way to do this yet. But, you know, I do think it is getting better in a lot of ways. And we didn't have any kind of real embarrassing moments, which unfortunately have plagued the show in previous years. I thought, you know, overall, it was a pretty classy affair. Which I think that's what I've always wanted is that this hobby is treated or this art form is treated with the level of dignity and respect that others are. And I think we're kind of getting to that place at least. Um, but you, Gita, you brought up uh, the idea of, of making a cheese plate. And I wanted to highlight, we got a, an email that was sent to dlcfeedback at gmail.com from uh, some of our listeners. Uh, Zoe and Alex wrote in about the uh, Game Awards party that they throw for their friends every year. Uh, And they sent us – Christian, I don't know. I sent this to you like 20 minutes ago. I don't know if you got it uh, to put the pictures up. But they sent pictures of the uh, themed cocktails that uh, were at their party. They had a themed cocktail for every nominee for game of the year. That's so cool. So cool. There's a Dragon's Milk Baldur's Gate uh, drink. Uh, There was uh, a – um, a Zelda one called two in the link, one in the drink. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, uh, spider sense, uh, Mario mixer. Uh, I don't know what that's about. Uh, these just look so funny. The wakey, wakey resident evil remakey. <laughs> it's so cute. So cute. So kudos to them. I just love that. They shared that with us. Uh, kudos Zoe and Alex. And I think it points to what we're talking about where, this is a big deal for people. And Christian, like you were saying, there are people for whom this really feels like a big moment. And I got to say, transitioning to what we're really going to talk about, I think of that hour and a half of ads, there were more trailers for games that me personally, I am so excited for. I think more than any other year of the Game Awards. I, I feel like the I'll agree level. With that. What's that? Oh, I agree with. I'll agree with that. I, I, you know, I. Sorry to interrupt, but no, please. You know, a lot of years of the Game Awards, I'm like, well, here's uh, more games that look like they're made for a character to play in a television show. 
Um, but this year I came away with right. two specific games that I am unbelievably excited for. And I will go, I will go bonkers if they don't come out soon because <laughs> I can't well, play them. I'm so, I'm so shocked you can narrow it down to two because I feel like I have more than two. But I, let's <laughs> let's hear your two. I mean, my two are Blade. That trailer for Blade looks so freaking cool. I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of Blade one and two. Those two films, especially Blade two, which is just yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And uh, Arcane it succeeded in making one extremely cool black guy for Deathloop, and I am very excited to see them continuing down this genre. Um, and then uh, Light No Fire. Yes. And the moment that got me for Light No Fire is when they're you're walking in a procession and then all the little bunny knights start bowing for you. And I was <laughs> like, oh my god, I have to play this game now. I also went a little nuts for uh, Light No Fire. I started texting Christian furiously and he <laughs> proceeded to dismantle my hype about that game. But I – No, I feel, no, no. I just pointed out yes, one you thing did. that you missed. I pointed out one thing you that you missed. You were 100% I was like, dismantling my hype accurate i was okay. like i didn't know you were into crafting and survival and you're like it's not that and then i was like here's where it shows that in the trailer and you're yeah. like oh all i did is present the facts my friend no dismantling of hype i will say i feel like you know we've talked so many times on the show about the the journey that no man's sky took from launch which i think every it disappointed a great number of people and that they continue to work on it and has grown to be this beloved thing and it has really come into its own and and you know made it's it's um made good on the big on the big promises that were there when it was announced and i feel like this game is going to come with all of the learnings that they got in making uh no man's sky i i really feel like they are going they have realized what they need to do for a game at launch and i really believe this it it, it is again a very grand idea if you weren't familiar if you didn't see the the uh game awards uh this is hello games next project after no man's sky and they are in, rather than creating a, a grand universe with all kinds of planets they are creating one planet-sized world and the way sean murray described it was that it it really will be planet-sized and that exploration will be a big part of it it will still be uh in large part procedurally generated so a lot of the things they don't even know exactly what people will be exploring but you'll be able to explore it with your friends right away in a multiplayer environment and they showed dragons and cool stuff and like you said people bowing to you and I, I feel just like there's going to be, be more story there at the at the beginning. Sorry, go at ahead. At the very least, I just need to be a little bunny man. You know, like I need <laughs> I need more red wall type stuff in yeah. my life. You know, the the thing that they have really like uh, iterated on and improved, I think, especially uh, in No Man's Sky, is this sense of the world being alive, where there's a lot of different things happening outside of your direct vision. And right. I really hope that that is the stuff that we get to see in the game. Maybe not necessarily direct narrative, but the sense that the world has history and that your presence there isn't exactly directing everything, but you do get to participate in it a little bit as a tiny, cute, fluffy bunny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it certainly seemed to indicate that with the trailer. Obviously we don't know details, but it did seem like there was more going on kind of from a, world lore perspective than maybe the initial release of no man's sky had. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly optimistic about it. 
Uh, as for Blade, I mean, I think it's I, – I wonder how frustrated the folks at Arcane are that the Blade movie yeah. has been taken off the slate from, from Marvel because I feel like that would have been – you know, the synchronicity of that would have been really yeah. powerful. Uh, but um, at least Blade is one of the coolest possible characters ever to exist. <laughs> like, at least there's that, right? I mean, hard agree, hard agree. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it's, it's a character that just seems made for a video game, right? Absolutely. He's just tearing through vampires. That's He's just video game fodder. Absolutely, yeah. right? Yeah. He's got a samurai sword. This, there was that flash with the cool uh, steak gun that he has. Yeah. He's getting an extremely cool edge up in the barbershop. I love him. I, I think it's great. I do love how, I know it's different Arcane Studios, but Arcane is going from a very underwhelming vampire game to now Arcane is making a very beloved vampire game. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah. we made this one vampire game that was multiplayer and it really didn't hit. But now we're going to make a vampire game that's single player and we think you're going to love it. And everybody's like, oh, we are. We're going to love it. I mean, it just seemed like yeah, they weren't talking to their own critics. Again, I know it's Austin, Leon, different Arcanes, but also still Arcane, still mm-hmm. Bethesda, still Xbox. And in that little, you know, however long it was, 90 second interview, it was the hits of like single player, the world types of worlds you know and love that have all these different things. You're going to have the powers. You're going to be controlling all this stuff. And it did seem to me like a little bit of a checklist of this isn't Redfall. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yes, it's vampires. It's not Redfall. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I still I think the movie still might come out first, Jeff. Like I this felt like Far a off. Metroid Prime 4 logo. You know, we got that <laughs> cinematic, but that game yeah. is it's a ways, right? It's a ways. Yeah. It certainly does feel like it's a ways off, but uh, it's exciting this is happening and these Marvel games have been so good across different studios and the fact that you know they're licensing, licensing them to different studios, I think it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, one thing that Disney is extremely good at is brand management. So mm-hmm. there's at least that, right? Yeah, We'll exactly. feel like it's a part of a prestige brand, which I'm happy to see. I'm happy to see Arcane get major corporate backing in this way because it means that comes with major corporate money. So let's yeah. see what they do with it. Christian, uh, same question to you. What are you, some? Of the, I, I suspect you and I will have some overlap with our favorites. But what what uh, are the top one or two games to pull out from what was announced at the Game Awards for you? Well, I first just want to say that Light No Fire just confirms that I was playing No Man's Sky correctly, never leaving your home planet. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad that years later. They have confirmed that I was playing it the correct way this whole time. <laughs> Retroactively. Um, I, will pick, yeah. I will pick five games because they were all re- uh, mentioned in 90 seconds. And that's <laughs> Sega. That is Sega's new slate of their beloved franchises. Sega they have released wasting no one's time. No Kudos one's time. Kudos to you, Sega. Thank you. No one's time. And they had released this stuff in financial statements and some general press releases before. Like, we're going to look to restore our old franchises. We're going to you know, go back to mine, our franchises that are popular. And then we never really saw anything. And this 90-second ad, trailer, reveal, whatever it was, felt very Sega of old. You know, it was very fun and whimsical and silly, these two people on the couch. And they're like, ah! You know what? Like the arcade things light up, and then we saw snippets of what I'm assuming are either um, hopes for what these games will look like. I don't want to say they were gameplay or an engine, but showing what looked to be updated, new 
games that aren't just HD remasters of Jet Grind Radio, Crazy Taxi, Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, and I'm missing... Shinobi. And Shinobi. Oh, Shinobi looks so good. So good. These All five of these looked absolutely incredible. Like, you could have just shown me uh, Jet Set or Jet Grind, depending on what you want to call it, and I would have lost my mind. But all of them looked incredible. I love Sega. I love these franchises from Sega, that Dreamcast era. I thought Streets of Rage 4 was great um, more recently, but I'm stoked. I'm, I'm excited to see this stuff, and I hope we see more of it soon so for me yeah those five games i mean yeah there's other good stuff but that's what i pick man i i was pretty surprised by that as well because they showed what appeared to like you said it's either you know target renders or uh work in progress you know early glimpses it looked like in-game stuff with each of those games i'm a little skeptical about jet set radio and, and crazy taxi because i think both of those franchises were of their time and like jet jet set is beloved to me i i love that franchise but it was special because no one had ever done that and now i feel like you can grind on stuff in 90 percent of the open world games that come out it doesn't i i hope it feels as special but i suspect it might not because we're it's just so commonplace these days and i think crazy taxi was always basically a mini game uh, I don't know how they blow that out into a full-blown AAA thing, if that's the plan. Maybe it's just in the next uh, Like a Dragon. The new – instead of an old be. one, it's <laughs> the be. new one. <laughs> but I will say, Streets of Rage looked awesome. The The art direction for Shinobi, which looks like this hand-drawn kind of uh, ripped from a manga, you know, like a manga. It, it looks so cool. And Golden Axe – which you know is a classic 2d side scrolling brawler like teenage mutant ninja turtles is now this third person 3d thing that looked like it was made out of claymation i was totally blown away by the art direction of both of those if those are accurate to what is coming Gita, what did you think of the sega reveals i think that the thing that we are all describing here is style right an aesthetic we miss i miss deeply every day the aesthetic that crazy taxi and jet set radio have and it's just games don't have swag like that a lot of the time anymore you know there's maybe it's me you know my millennial angst right now i'm now i'm in my mid-30s and i no longer am the mover of culture anymore but i <laughs> i feel like as long as these things are cool i will play the freak out of them you know i just need them to be cool please be cool yeah I think they look pretty cool. I think they yeah. could possibly be cool. But I agree with you. Style, I, I wasn't just impressed overall by the breadth of art direction that was on display at the Game Awards. I felt like there were so many games that stood out. I mean, there's been lots of these type of Jeff Keighley joints, you know, that where it's like, here's the six zombie shooters in a row and it's like yeah. oh my god here's the 14 space survival games you know it's like oh god it's just overload of the same aesthetic over and yeah. over and over and i thought what worked so well this time is that games looked different from each other yes. everything felt really like it had its own identity yeah um there were a couple i think games that blended into each other for me uh 
Exodus, Matthew McConaughey is a very charming man, but that game looks the same as a couple other games that mm. were also trailers for that night, and I, I could not tell them apart if you asked me put a gun to my head, I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. But I feel like it was much like less than previous years, for sure. There was a lot of diversity in terms of what these games, what the verbs for these games are, and yeah. then how the art style interprets those verbs. I thought one of the most stylish trailers, even though it indicates literally absolutely nothing, was the one for Ikumi Nakamura's Kemuri. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but... Her game where it just seemed like a bunch of extremely cool people wearing streetwear, uh, possibly murdering spirits. That seemed fun. <laughs> I'm down for that. That makes me happy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one that I felt like the art direction made me care about it, even though it's a style of game that I'm not always super into, is uh, First Berserker Kazan, which is like, it looks like a pretty, you know, run of the mill third person uh, action y kind of souls like, maybe perhaps. But it looks like it was, you know, every frame looks like it was drawn. It's beautiful. It, 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 yeah. the, the sort of hand-drawn look and feel, it takes cell shading, so to speak, to the, a completely different place. Um, I, I just thought the art direction of that was really cool. But if I had to pick out two games myself, if we're playing that role – I, I would five, say so. You don't need to yeah, stop. You pick two. five so, uh, as usual. You <laughs> between cheated. two and five games, right? Between yeah. two and five. Okay. <laughs> um, I uh, I was very impressed, and I thought I thought for sure Christian was going to mention this one. No rest for the wicked, yeah. which is the new game from Moon Studios, the studio behind the Ori games. Um, the look again, the art direction of this blew me away. It's an isometric game. I love isometric games. Uh, looks like it's really just gorgeous all of the characters have this sort of elongated faces that just look so different and not like anything else uh, it's got this there's a lot of color in this right yes. which i feel like differentiates it from a lot of other video games there's a lot of really naturalistic color and naturalistic lighting but also it feels like everything's really blowed out right yeah. where everything's really really saturated you're always getting like a hundred percent true tone color it feels it's very luxurious right yes. very very Renaissance painting. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah, mm. it's it's saturated and and just sumptuous and, and yeah. vibrant. It's it, it like looks a great. rich chocolate cake, basically. <laughs> I'm all down for that. Uh, <laughs> and I love that one, it's still I, just on this. I love that it's still violent and gory. Like it, yeah. we're past this part of like grim. Yeah, grim yeah. means gray, and it's like no, 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 right. no. We can. Do you know what's really gory? Victorian art you know yeah. or renaissance art or yeah. uh actually when they were painted old greek sculptures yeah uh, yeah lots of gore lots of murder use the color palette and i feel like now we're seeing that in game i mean hades is an old example of that but it's like bright can be gory and yeah. and it can be awesome uh, another game that was very bright and colorful and it comes uh from a studio who always will have my attention going forward uh and that is the game uh, windblown which is from the creators of Dead Cells. Um, and this is a multiplayer, you know, quick action, intense action uh, with a bunch of anthropomorphized animals, I want to say. Uh, it looks fast, frenetic, fun. It looks like I'm going to, you know, want to jump in with uh, co-op with people and, you know, big boss fights and crazy uh, traversal and, move, you know, movement. It looks so slick. And again, very colorful, very vibrant. 
very uh, uh, has its own identity. I I thought Windblown looked great. There's tons more to talk about, which we will get to as much of it as possible. But we're going to take a quick break for a sponsor. All right. There's a few things that I need to ask you guys about because we can't not talk about them. And I think uh, perhaps top of the list is the trailer, I guess, question mark, for uh, Hideo Kojima's game, uh, OD. This was uh, very striking. You know, it, it's, it's, it's people looking directly into the camera and having some sort of emotional episode. Uh, what did you make of that, Gita? Well, I mean... He named three actors I like. So I have to be reacting very positively in some sense, right? Sophie Lewis is great. I've been excited to see what this actress is going to get up to after it. And she has become very charming as an adult actor as well. And I feel like Kojima is such a big fan of her that I feel like she's going to be used well. Fingers crossed. Um, I love Hunter Schaefer. I think she's great. Udo Kier is just being weird in German. I love that. Love that for him. <laughs> love that for us. Jordan Peele as a part of yeah. this project. Yeah. I'm very curious about what that means. I I don't quite be- believe people when they say, oh, it's going to be like a, a new form of media. So um, I don't know what that could possibly mean. I just don't think that's true, <laughs> basically. But it's a cool thing to say. Yeah. Um I hope my when I hope that further promotional materials will make this clearer for us, but I hope that this is where some of the last tendrils of Silent Hills ends up because it seems like it's a horror game. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tension in that trailer. Uh, there's not a lot of information, but if if that feeling of tension and apprehension means that this is a scary game, then hopefully we can see some of the last remnants of maybe the ideas or thoughts or themes or I don't know, even just uh, half half born ideas uh, for a game that we'll never, ever see that I'll always wonder about. So, <laughs> Yeah. I would love if it's a sketch comedy game, you know, from the mind of Jordan <laughs> Peele. And everyone's like, yeah, horror. And it's like, that, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah. It's yes and spaces. the video game. <laughs> yeah. I thought they really – are just actors announcing the NFL playoff teams, uh, like the old Key and Peele sketch, you know. <laughs> I, I, I thought sketch. they really had a missed opportunity there and instead could have referred to themselves as Koji and Peele. <laughs> I was almost going to choke on my tea. I was spitting everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love OD is a clear, you know, it's not Silent Hills, but a clear wink to PT. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah. I made this thing that had initials that everybody liked and I can't make that, but I can make the, what, what's next to the alphabet. P, no. Okay. okay yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and Kojima love him or hate him. And I'm sure there are folks that hate him. I've been a big Kojima fan for a very long time. We've talked about it for a decade now on this show. Um, last get the new mode of gameplay was not my favorite um his last change of evolution of of of, of a strand type what was it called i remember it was a strand um, type game yeah a strand type game i don't love them i don't love the strand type but speaking of culture and style kojima is dripping it you know it's just shedding off of him if you see him on social media there's pictures of old walkman bands that like he's listening to the first release of it somehow and you're like it's just like all you know like the coolest kid in your school like kojima's social is just that yeah it's like cool bands cool clothes cool fashion the people you wish you were friends with yeah and it's just yeah. like 
I'm surfacing a specific human being in my mind, right? When I'm thinking about that, where it's like, God damn it, you always know about the cool bands before I do. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought only, oh, you were there in 97 also? And it's yeah. like, yeah, of course he was, you know? Yeah, Kojima it's gets very, it. sometimes I, I look at the game awards and I feel like uh, uh, LCD sound system, I'm losing my edge, right? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Like, Coach gives me that a little bit, except he's older than me somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he's cooler than any of us will ever be. But, <clears throat> and I do think he has a, he has a sense of how to debut something that raises more questions than it answers, and it sticks in your brain, and 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 it feels like this moment, this event, this thing. Oh wow, this thing is really going to be something. And I think that's what that trailer did. It, it, it was like, this is different. You know, I, I have no idea what this game is, is. And maybe even after I play it, I won't know what it is. But- <laughs> One thing that's very clear is that the technology they're using has transformed exponentially since yeah. Death Stranding. And Death Stranding already had an incredible, like, engine that they were using. But the facial animation... And like, I'm assuming that's animation in some places, in some of the frames, I was like, really not sure if this was just a a video with filters on it, frankly. Uh, Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, the facial animation was incredible. And I've never seen anything like that. So at least that's one new thing, right? Totally agree. And the other game that I had that feeling for was uh, Senua's Saga, Hellblade 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah just looks we i feel like oh my we've gotten to the point where it's indistinguishable from a a movie it's it was so striking how good that game looks you could like identify different parts of her face moving yeah that was wild to look and emoting yeah Yeah. that's how i know it's not real life because in los angeles different parts of your face don't move (laughs) uh... (laughs) (laughs) There's only one part of your face now. Yeah. Just, all we moved is your lower mouth and maybe your puffy lips. That's all we get over here. So I was like, this looks too real. That's not real. Her forehead's um, moving. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'm going to love that game because it, it feels like it's going to be really, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a, an emotional ringer. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a showpiece for what visuals we can achieve in 2024. Or Absolutely. Comes out. Yeah. Um, also I, I want to shout out one of the, one of my favorite announcements that happened was, uh, the remake of one of my favorite games of the last, I don't know, when, when did it come out decade ago? Uh, brothers, a tale of two sons, which is a game I adore. It really moved me when I played it. And I love that it's getting a full remake, not just an upresing or anything. It really looks like there's a lot of love and the game looks gorgeous based on the trailer that they showed Unreal uh, and this five, one's coming soon february end of february yeah yeah it looked it looks real pretty and i think for a lot of people i think that was jeff that was i think that was weekend confirmed when we talked about that the internet always knows but i think it was i think it predates this show wow. and so it will be a first time for a lot of people yeah. to have that game look you know better than most games out it doesn't again it's a full beautiful reimagining of it i think that's going to hit a lot of people for the first time in in a really cool way come february yeah i missed it on this first time around and then kept putting it off because i heard it was sad it is sad yeah yeah. it is sad it's hard just like it's hard to pick a day to get the flu shot like pick a day to get sick it's hard to pick a day to play something that's going to make you sad 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's like, I've been meaning to get around to watching uh, Schindler's List. It's just hard to find yeah, the time. No, yeah. it's going to be like being punched in the heart. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I'm also super excited about the new Daniel Mullins game. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Daniel Mullins, uh, from inscription. Uh, and, um, there was announcement of Daniel's next game, Pony Island Two Panda circus, which looks, you know, typically outside the box and weird and fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mechanically, his games are so wild and I'm just really interested to see what he comes up with this time. This seems like there's a lot of gameplay that they were showing a lot of interesting buttons to press, which I'm very interested (laughs) to find. But also one of my favorite like internet people is it is Sung Wong Cho is like in the game a lot. Yes. He's great. I love love his his TikToks and stuff. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. He's uh, what I've been showing my husband as we go down. My husband doesn't watch anime. So I I show him the the TikToks and be like, here, you can understand a little bit more of the culture and please don't get (laughs) mad when a character is weird. Thank you. Bye bye. (laughs) <laughs> we also got the next game from the makers of Untitled Goose Game, which is called Big Walk. It also looks weird and 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 fun and you know genre pushing. Um, Gita, any other things you want to pull out of here that that uh, were of note for you? Yeah, I I can't believe I forgot this because I'm such a big fan of the band Lightning Bolt, but Thrasher from mm. the same composer and developers as Thumper. The incredible yes. rhythm game. And this one looks like a weird gesture-based rhythm game. I'm interested in seeing how this works exactly, but I'm going to be there on day one. It, oh, yeah. Yeah. Visuals are cool, just like Thumper was. It's, it looks like you're it's like a big snake moving around on the screen. I don't yeah, know what to make of it, know, but it but looks cool. Yeah. Thumper was just such a – it's such a visceral experience. It's a game that you have to play like with 100% control of all your faculties or else your brain's going to melt out your ears. But – I I loved playing that game and I'm I'm here ride or die like whatever they do I'm ready for it. Love it. Thumper was great in VR and Thrasher looks like it's also going to be VR. Like I'm sure it's going to be flat as well, but those gesture controls or whatever it was looked like yeah a, a really cool VR experience to me. Yeah, I hope I hopefully because I heard Thrasher uh, or Thumper was really really good in VR. So I hope yeah. that I would love to see a game like this designed from the ground up as a VR experience to really fully take advantage of the technology because it looks like it'll be an acid trip. It looks like it's going to be really cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Christian, any other ones you want to pluck out? Valhalla. Um, God of War free yeah. DLC coming very soon. I'm very curious what narrative hooks are in it. There are some. It is a rogue type um, expansion, which, again, that genre is not my favorite. There certainly have been games in that genre that I very much adored, but that's not like I hear that genre and I think I must play it. But then again, I hear God of War Ragnarok, and I do think must play it. And so I like that there was some narrative hook in it. At least the trailer seemed to imply that there's a narrative hook. And um, this coming out in January and being free, uh, we'll get to this when we do our our reckoning, Jeff. But I really think that Last of Us stuff was supposed to come out before this. I really think that was supposed to come out before this because we have another rogue type mode coming, but it's also not free because it's with a you know a graphical update or whatever but it really seems like these two sony juggernaut studios are you know bringing 
new content using their engines in creative ways. And I think they're going to really click with a lot of people. And this, again, being free seems like a no brainer for folks. Just it was incredible. Just a couple of weeks ago that I finally removed God of War Ragnarok from my <laughs> hard drive because I was like, I haven't heard anything about any kind of expansion. I, I guess I could take this off. Yeah. They got me. Uh, but yes, very excited about that. Um, I mean, there's like two dozen other things that were announced that we haven't even talked about. We don't going to have time to do that. But maybe we'll we'll end with the uh, the way the show ended, which was the big, I guess, I always feel like the last thing to be revealed, at least Jeff thinks, is going to be perhaps the most impactful or one of the most impactful. Uh, this year, uh, they ended the show with the reveal of Monster Hunter Wilds which is slated for 2025. It's it's come back into vogue to announce things two years out <laughs> and show trailers for stuff two years out. Uh, I don't know if you're a big Monster Hunter fan, Gita, but what did you think of uh, the Wilds reveal? I'm not a huge Monster Hunter fan just in that I keep like being on the precipice. Like I'm standing on the edge of a cliff. And I know the second I get into Monster Hunter, it's going to be like a full year of my life. That, that's the only thing I think about and the only thing I do. And am I going to take that leap now, right after I started a small business and just got married? Maybe not yet, but I... What about in 2025? In 2025, <laughs> I might be ready, right? There you go. There you go. Christian, what did you think of it? I mean, I, I, I'm excited because I know Lana was excited. Lana yeah. was through the roof. She's a big Monster Hunter fan. She actually guided me through some prior monster hunter so i've already committed to 2025 if i am still a living breathing being i will dive back in to the world with lana and again go eh! but for those first few hours <laughs> i'll be there and i know that she's stoked so i'm stoked for her i think it's funny that the previous monster hunters haven't been in the wild <laughs> <laughs> we're finally getting to the wilds you know that's <laughs> Anyway, uh, I mean, Monster Hunter Zoo is by far the most beloved. You just go in, yeah. they're in a little pen, city you folk. just kill them. Yeah. Monster Hunter City folk. <laughs> Monster Hunter Urban Adventures. That's right. Yeah, we're finally out. We're finally out of the wilderness with this game franchise. Uh, all right. Um, let's talk just briefly about the actual reason that the Game Awards happened, i.e. the awards. No, we uh, already talked about why the Game Awards happened, Jeff. We uh, already talked about it. Hour and a half of ads, 15 minutes of awards. But, uh, you know, did you, obviously the Game of the Year, big winner. I had this, by the way. I called it. Christian was thinking Alan Wake 2 was going to win. But Baldur's Gate 3 was the big winner for Game of the Year. Although Alan Wake 2 did have uh, wins for best uh, game direction, best narrative, best art direction. Um, uh, Tuchia or Chia, I think it's pronounced. It was a, the games for impact winner. Uh, best indie game was sea of stars. We're very excited to see that. Um, the, uh, best ongoing game of cyberpunk 2077. There's a lot of awards, but Gita, did you have any, uh, reaction to the actual award winners? Look, I'm not mad that Baldur's Gate three won game of the year. I'm not mad, but I am a little bit mad that Alan Wake two didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Right, like, I'm not right. mad, right? Like, it's a good game, and they deserve yeah. it. And, like, look at how successful it was, right? Like, yeah. from a little baby early access game that people weren't sure it was going to hit the way that it did, and then it yeah. really did. What a juicy, wonderful story. The kind yeah. of story you'd want from an awards show, exactly. Except, <laughs> except I wanted Alan Wake 2 to win so badly. I'm such a remedy freak. 
Like, I'm an absolute nerd for Remedy Step. So this game completely melted my brain. Like, I just can't think of anything else but Alan Wake 2 at all times. I made a playlist of, like, sad girl songs that reminded me of Alan Wake. <laughs> like, Lana Del Rey, Mitski, you know, like, Liz wow. Fair, that nice. kind of stuff. That's what Alan Wake is to me. Fiona stuff. Apple, maybe? Oh, Fiona's on there. Absolutely. <laughs> That's stuff Alan write, like, writes to, I swear to God. I'm, like, this close to writing fan fiction for Alan Wake. Like, it's, ha- it's, it's bad. I'm down bad. But I get it. I do get it. I do get it, but I'm not upset, but I am upset. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I think you're in good company because Christian's right there with you. <laughs> right, Christian? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like my soundtrack would just have, I think it'd just be like Tori Amos. Like that's all it would be. <laughs> no, like, the girl a- is yeah. a song yeah. about Alan Wick. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just all of it, right? Yeah, like a all of it. girl. <laughs> uh, give me some incense, the dark place, and some Tori Amos. I'm, I'm on board. I, right. I think... Again, we talked about it. Well, I guess I wasn't on the episode when these were first announced, but not a lot of like up in arms in terms of nominations. There are so many great games this year. It it was hard to have not great games nominated. (laughs) It was like, did your game come out in 2023? Congratulations. It's probably one of the best games ever. (laughs) Um, This kind of the year we had. If I were to take, you know, my pitchfork to any of these and we're not a voting party. Um, I love Cyberpunk 2077. I love what that game became this year. To call it an ongoing game is silly. It is. It is silly. It, it got patched. <laughs> it got patched. Right. That's yeah. not every, every game's an ongoing game. The best ongoing game. Yeah. The game yeah. where you had to download the update when you put the disc in. Like that's not. <laughs> My, I, I came it. out I, of this incredibly hot room that is my office, and my husband was also watching the Game Awards in the other room, hilariously. And he was like, so can you explain to me how Cyberpunk 2077 was an ongoing game? I was like, no, <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I don't know why they did it one in that category. Yeah. It feels like then, best comeback story is what that yes. award got turned into. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And then yeah. the only other one that I would take a little bit of like pitchforkiness to, which is appropriate for this, is Resident Evil Village. I adore Me too. Resident That's what Evil I was going to say. But go ahead. Yeah, but I would. I personally would pick GT Seven. Uh, this is for best VR if game. Not for best VR game, and if not GT Seven, Humanity. Like those would be a coin flip for me because I think what both of them do in VR is transformative to the experience. GT Seven, phenomenal game, flat. Humanity, phenomenal game, flat. If you don't have a VR headset, get both of those games. Well worth your time, but they show what VR can bring to the table. I think in a in a in a way. That to me, Resident Evil Village did not, which is funny because we're going to talk about a Resident Evil in VR in a little bit. But uh, th- those are the only two. But again, it's it's yeah. not. It, yeah, it feels like that's the only VR game that most of the voters played. You know, uh, because if you pl- you know literally any of the other VR games on the list, I would put above uh, RE Village. I love that Capcom is doing this and stays committed to it. I'm so grateful that they're doing it, and it really shows that. Like, there's no reason why you can't put out a game and it's VR version. Like, Capcom's been doing it. And, like, awesome. Keep Let's have other companies get on board with that. But humanity in VR is incredible. Synapse is awesome. And Horizon Call the Mountain is, like, built for VR. Incredible experience. Anyway, so all of those are, yeah, I I would agree that that's uh, one that I would not agree with. Anyway, I would agree that I won't agree. That is where but, I would agree 
to not to have agreed. To not <laughs> have agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, all right. So let's uh, – we got still – we got games to talk about. But that was the Game Awards. That was the week that was huge – Huge uh, implications for the next two years of releases. We got lots of stuff to look forward to. <laughs> three to four. Yeah, three to four. Fair <laughs> point. Fair point. Uh, most likely to be to be delayed. This should be a, one of the awards. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get to the games that we have been playing because there's a lot of really cool stuff to talk about there. So let's get to our playlist. Ooh, Gita, I know you are all about that Alan Wake too, uh, as you have said. So let's 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 dig into it. So uh, I'm, you've been, I'm genuinely yeah. having a problem with Alan Wake too right now. <laughs> genuinely, I know your your listeners have clearly heard about Alan Wake quite a bit so far. I don't like horror games, but I am suffering through for Alan Wake too. <laughs> stronger and, than I, you have stronger constitution oh than my I. God, it's so difficult. It's genuinely. I'm dreading I'm stuck at a boss fight and it's not because I'm bad at the combat of the game. The combat of the game is actually pretty easy. Like it's I'm playing on story mode also because I'm an adult with a life at this point. You know, I'm not (laughs) playing for it to review or anything. I'm just playing it to have fun. Um, I'm at the Cynthia Weaver boss fight. And the problem that I'm having right now is that the audio design is so good that I get freaked out while I'm playing. She's just like hissing and spitting at you. And I can hear the like spittle leaving her mouth. And she goes like, and I get so scared that I just start shooting wildly. I feel you. I am that way too. I, I, I I pieced out of Alan Wake too. Everybody's like, you got to play it. You got to play it. And I still feel like I got to play it, but I can't do that to myself. I don't know. I'm not into it. It's not as arduous as, like, most horror games, the problem is, like, I know there's something scary behind that door. And I do not want to open that door. And nothing's stopping me from just turning the game off and never learning what's behind that door. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But here I'm, like, compelled because the story is so interesting. And every new scene in the game is, like, a visual flourish that I... Like, have you noticed that all the projectors actually, like, work like how projectors work? Like, the light actually comes out of them. And is like projected onto a flat surface. And also, when your character walks in front of them, they have a shadow. Yeah. That's wild stuff. That's the kind of stuff, like, it's a level of detail that I usually only see in a game that Hideo Kojima has spent 25 years on or whatever. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I am so excited every new thing I get to do. It's just that every once in a while, they make me do something really scary. And I don't want to do it at all. What but what bothers me is that sometimes the game will just yell at me. I'll just be walking around, and then all of a sudden it'll flash a, a terrifying yeah. face and yell at me, and I'm like, I, I, I don't, not, no, thank you. Don't <laughs> I, yell I at me. I do react to those. I go, ah. yeah, not a fan. Weird. I also don't like when you're walking around and it's like someone's whispering in your ear, like, wake. I don't like that. It's <laughs> not nice yeah. to me. Get out of my ear. Yeah. Yeah. But you love it. You love do, it despite all those things. I do love it. I I love the little callbacks to the old Remedy games that are in there, like uh, Tim Breaker, Time Breaker, Quantum Break. There we go. Uh, I like when you go to Alan Wake's part of the game for the first time and you go into the subway and I have to check, but I'm pretty sure it's the same exact design of the subway station in the first level of the first Max Payne. And I love cool. stuff like that. I love uh, 
I love just the weird meta nature of it. And I love that it's like really corny. Like there's a lot of really, I love all the corny commercials. I love Coffee World. That was super great. <laughs> I love how rickety it all is. It, it just, there's a lot of love in this. I love the the dog that's running for mayor. It just makes me laugh. So it's, I'm not at the point where my, my colleague Riley at Aftermath, he wrote a great blog that's called, I'm okay with just watching a Let's Play of Alan Wake 2 says the grown adult coward. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not yet at that point. But if I can't do the Cynthia Weaver fight without like crying, I might have to call it in. I think that might be me at some point as well. Just like, I'll just watch this one. Yeah. Um, but that's awesome. I'm glad you're loving it. Glad yeah. you're loving it. Uh, you've also been playing a game in a series that I adore, uh, the Steam World series. Oh, yes. Steam World build is so cool and so interesting. I love the Steam World series too. I only got into Steam World, the Steam World series with Dig which is like a weird, cool, I think with Dig 2, which is a mm-hmm. weird, interesting mining Metroidvania. They always yeah. kind of mash up a couple of different genres that shouldn't work, but do work somehow. And yeah. Build is exactly like that, where it kind of itches my Dwarf Fortress, like itch a little bit without, when I'm like not ready to give all of my mind, body, and soul to a game of Dwarf Fortress, it, it gives me a little bit of that. Because on the surface, you're doing a city builder, but then you also have to mine for resources at the same time. And there's like multiple levels of the mine and different kinds of puzzles you have to do in order to like continue to go down there. I know that the steamroll guys have said there's also some narrative and I've come across a little bit of it as you continue to like unlock new bits and pieces. You learn that there is some stuff that has happened to the place where you're building a town that you, you know, that doesn't seem all above board. And I'm I'm very interested in this because I've always found the stories of these games so charming and sweet, like a little twisted fairy tale kind of thing. And I love the little robot designs they have. There's a little yeah. girl robot in this one. I so think it's good. just really adorable. But I, I'm very curious about where this game is going to go. And also like very, I just love resource management games of all kinds. So it's really scratching that itch for me. I played the Steam World build demo that they had at one of the, you know, Steam Next Fests at some point, and I really dug it. But I haven't played the full version of the game yet, and I'm itching to try it. I just love, I love the idea that there's this fictional world, and there's these games that every single game is a different genre, completely different take, completely different access point into that world. But there's some consistencies, and I just think that's such a neat concept. And each one of these even though they are wildly different from each other because of the, they're just completely different genres. They've all been so high quality and I've been blown away by each of them. So I'm, I'm dying to check this one out. You, I think you would really dig it. It does a lot of the same like unexpected gameplay mechanic kind of thing throughout the other games in the series too. And it's the same level of polish, especially in the art style is gorgeous. Awesome. So that's steam world build. What else is on your playlist? I'm playing a game that's not good, but I'm obsessed with. <laughs> it's, it's called Fashion Dreamer. Um, have you guys heard of the Style Savvy series? For I believe yes. we have in a very we have. A very weird reason, but yes, we both we both have. Yeah. Well, this is def- it's from I believe the same developer as Style Savvy, and it's got the same art style and all the same mechanics. But instead of having like a loose narrative and fashion shows. It's like a bespoke social network, essentially. 
where you, you create a little avatar and then you can walk around a virtual world that's like always online and connected to everyone else that's playing the game, sort of like the Happy Home Network and Animal Crossing. And you style these people and you and there's like pervasive trends and like uh, that are, are, you know, influenced by other people who are styling how they're styling things at the time. But basically, you're just making a bunch of different outfits to score more points in order to create more outfits. Uh, and, and it's it's not it's it's not good. <laughs> like, it's not good at all. But I played it for like an hour, including to- like during while me and my husband were watching The Curse, which is like a- an incredibly good television show. I should have yeah, put I my switch your down. article on uh, Aftermath about The Curse. I was reading it. it oh, was man. Very, if you haven't good. seen The Curse, you should for sure. Yeah. But at least read my article about it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but it is it's it's because there are just not games like this. And that's why I'm obsessed with it. I loved Style Savvy. I loved the little story about how having style is just actually believing in yourself and feeling self-confident. <laughs> that's true. And also, I like making I like making up little outfits for people. I like making up little outfits for people like they are coming to my shop. And you can <laughs> sort of see how all of the different bits and pieces from Style Savvy have been cannibalized for this game. Like they had a an, an apartment in Style Savvy so you could buy furniture and stuff. And now you have a showroom in Fashion Dreamer, like a virtual showroom that you can decorate, but it's not quite the same. So whatever is going on with this developer, I hope that they get the money they need to make another style savvy because <laughs> I want one, but this will do for now. So what what platform are you playing Fashion Dreamer on? I'm playing it on my Switch, which is the perfect way to play this game uh, on the couch while you are waiting for your husband to be dead writing a paper so he can hang out with you. <laughs> Fair enough. That's fashion dreamer. Uh, it's not good, but very addictive. <laughs> uh, Christian Spicer, what is on your playlist? So we talked about how it was the Game Awards. We have one game in common, Jeff. We'll get to that, but I'll save that because I know we have a, we have a game in common. So the Game Awards is a big week, big week in gaming. Um, it was also a big week in gaming because, arguably, potentially, we shall see. Three of the biggest games of the next, uh, you know, until Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out, two years, three years, a year, whatever it ends up being, all came out this week, potentially. This is a week where we saw uh, Lego, one of the most beloved brands in the world, partner with Fortnite, one of the biggest games ever. They dropped a game. Oh, also a game, you know, the guys, the, the folks who made uh, Rocket League? Well, they dropped a game uh, that's a racing game now, Arcade Racer. And, you know, the, the folks who, who made Rock Band and all those great rhythm games, they released a new game all one day after each other. You would think that these marketing geniuses would have wanted to space that out. These three companies releasing these three games back to back to back, except they're all in Fortnite. And they all came out in three days. And also, Jeff, your video is frozen. But (laughs) these three games are all incredible. So I am going to be the person who's going to take a little bit of time to walk through all three of them. Jeff, your video is back. Because they are absolutely incredible. I want to start with Lego Fortnite. Lego Fortnite is Valheim in Fortnite. 
not quite Minecraft, I would argue, because yes, you can. So you're feeding on the blood of the people you kill. <laughs> yes, that Valheim, but was Lego, 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 Lego blood. <laughs> um, it's crafting, survival, and you can, you know, go into individual sets and kind of build your own structure. But it's not like here's a a two piece brick or something like that doesn't go that granule with the lego bricks they give you to build but my goodness this is a complete polished game they say they're going to add to it and update it and there are some weird tiny little quirks here or there issues and i think some menu management that can be smoothed out over the course of updates but to have this thing launched in this polished of a state truly blows my mind it looks gorgeous. All the updates they've brought to Fortnite with the lighting and all of, all of the visual stuff that's come to Fortnite exists in this. The, the world you spawn in that you can create is huge and stunning. The combat, if you're playing in the survival mode, is pretty fun and engaging. And you're going into caves, to, the, the push-pull to get your resources. Again, if you played Valheim or, or Minecraft or some of these other survival crafting games you kind of get the basic gameplay loop but lego fortnite does all of that really well and i think that's the surprising thing it's not the cash in of we added lego to it and it's in fortnite and you're going to play it anyway they really made a very good version of those games again with two of the biggest ips in the world it kind of blows my mind that this isn't just fortnite you know, like, I guess they already kind of have the <laughs> survival mode in Fortnite, which is what Fortnite was. So maybe that's why they didn't want to do it. Or maybe this is their, you know, devious plan to get younger gamers into the Fortnite ecosystem because it's Lego-wise and it's E10 or whatever. It's ding, rated. Ding, ding. I mean, probably, but also it's it's incredible. Both of my kids have started their own world and are absolutely hooked. They're playing in um, the creative mode. And having a blast just flying through the world, exploring, finding different things, building different piece, parts. The way you build your structures, like you unlock um, um, like a castle or whatever it is, right? And you click build. But it doesn't just like build the whole thing for you. It's like, great, here's a foundation. And then now you'll have 42 steps or whatever it is to build this thing. Oh, and neat. so it feels it feels Lego-like. Again, it's not like adding the thing and adding in individual pieces, but it's here's this wall – and you're going to do four of those walls. And then it's like, great, you've done step one. Now here's step two. And it kind of, you see what you need to do. And so even in creative mode, that is fun and satisfying for them to kind of go through and build and do these things in a great way to introduce folks to using two, two sticks in a very non-stressful way of kind of manipulating 3D space, which I think is awesome. And then in survival mode, it's it's super satisfying to be working through those things. Again, that push-pull of resources and what you need and what you don't need and how far you can get to build this thing and what you're going to explore and what you're going to do and how it gets you to go out of your comfort zone. All of those things are really, really well done. Again, I think there can be some tweaks. You can't skip nighttime right now, even in the creative sandbox, whatever it's called, creative mode, like by sleeping. It still is nighttime. That can be frustrating. So not all the the dipsticks are there to kind of make those granular switches that you have now, especially in Minecraft. But there are some of them that I think are really cool in the survival mode. You can go through and turn off. Like I don't have – I'm playing in survival, but I have stamina, um, temperature, and food all turned off. 
because I don't find that part of that game of those games satisfying. I like the enemies. I like the danger. I like the danger of nighttime, but I don't want to be like, Oh, I'm in the cold space. Let yeah. me eat my frozen berry. And I love that. It just lets you do that. It There's doesn't like shame games you that do that kind of thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I think that's yes, but again, always nice. Yeah. Yes. And, and so I don't think this is doing anything necessarily brand new other than that. It's doing it with two of the big, yeah. <laughs> biggest IPs in the world and doing it well. Yeah. Like, it's it's a totally complete package my least favorite part about it is the home wrapper of Fortnite feels a little bit of like a not a flea market but like <laughs> best buy on black friday you know like there's just, <laughs> just too much going on and roblox suffered from this very early on and clearly that's kind of the Fortnite model now of expanding but it's it's very busy and x to do this and right bumper to do that and y does this but to load your world it's up on the d-pad and like that kind of feels gross but listeners if you thought lego fortnite was just fortnite but with lego minifigs it is not it is a complete survival crafting game and (laughs) i have to say i i would not be surprised if within six months it's the best like I truly would not be surprised if they're able to iterate on it that quickly. Um, it's phenomenal. Lego Fortnite. So that's one. Now, like I mentioned, they weren't done with that. They also released Rocket Racing, which is made by Psionics, the folks behind Rocket League. This is the game I had the hardest time playing the ranked mode. Um, I didn't play tons today, Sunday as we're recording, but this week I've had a hard time consistently getting into games. I'd get weird errors and and kicked out of it. But it also is phenomenal. It, 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 it's truly mind-blowing to me. And I don't know if they just copy-pasted the physics model from Rocket League or how much tweaking was needed to be done to make this game feel fast and frenetic and chaotic, but also tight. You know, it's definitely an arcade racer, Jeff. If you haven't played, I, I think you'd love it because it's not crashing. It's not, you know, wreck fest, but it's so loose and so fast. And as it works you through the tutorial there's never a break. It's like you're coming up to a corner. You better slow down. And you do that by drifting. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, heck yeah, I do. And it's like, oh, this next corner is really sharp. And I, I fully expect it to be like, I guess if you need to, you can break. And it's like, so this corner, you're going to have to hella drift. You know, and it's like, like Mario yeah. Kart. Yeah, that rules. Yeah. Yeah. And you just go into a heart. You hold X to drift and you get the boost yeah. and you come off of it. And then – it does a really good job of working through these beginner courses that I think are too easy, perhaps. But when you get into those higher level courses, so much of the game shines by you boosting and flipping onto the ceilings and onto the walls and kind of traversing around this race course in a really chaotic way where you're almost always boosting in or out of something, jumping and flipping onto something and driving upside down and then slamming it to the ground and doing a drift boost across a corner. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I think this game has maybe the furthest to go in terms of I could see items being added, you know, a la Mario Kart, but I could see them leaving that out initially to kind of create that distance. And I think maybe it doesn't quite have enough of a hook right now to keep folks around um, long term if they've kind of ranked up, if they're able to get into those ranked races consistently, because it's like, you know, the course, a race is a race is a race. But depending on how they iterate out it and how fast they get new content out, again, it looks gorgeous. It's bright and beautiful, and um, it's a home run. Again, probably the worst part about it 
you launch it through Fortnite. <laughs> Rocket racing, phenomenal. Last one, spoiler alert. It's really good. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really I sense good. a theme. Uh, the most exciting thing about the uh, the Fortnite festival is that they said that they're gonna. In 2024, they're going to add support for all the plastic instruments that I kept. Oh, my God. That, that is I, a priority. In my oh closet my right over there, collecting dust. Yes. Fuck. They say that their priority is to make all those instruments uh, work with Fortnite Festival. And again, the Fortnite art style is just genius. You know, it, it can take any IP, any character, and make them look great in game. And then, as we've seen in the concerts they've done, that style really kind of harkens back to a beautiful looking guitar hero or rock band. And now like seeing your character drop and I was playing, <laughs> I was playing as cable because cable is one of my, I love him as a comic book character and I love him in Fortnite because of his ray tracing arm. And I was playing as RoboCop with my two mains that I was using in Fortnite festival RoboCop because of his ray tracing. <laughs> and there's no, nothing better than like, you kind of come out of the spawn point, like the rift or whatever. And if you have the guitar, you're on like the sick pose, like, like launching into this festival to play and there's nothing better than being a uh, robocop and sitting back there on the drums to lady gaga like it's just <laughs> it's 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 mind-blowing to me that all these ips i don't know what these licenses agree licensing agreements look like but they're like yes yes robocop can lead sing uh i forget the lady gaga song that's in it or, or the weekend you know like yes you could robocop can lead sing uh the weekend go ahead have fun you, oh you want cable on a bass guitar you got it it's just it's so weird but is it okay but that I, I love all that but is it worth even playing now without plastic instruments like you're playing what what a controller you're, you're just pushing b a b x y so I, I i think it is very worth playing right now i think it will be better with a controller but i'm the the weirdo that liked them on was it psp vita 3ds had the weird little atta- or oh DS had the little yes, attachment. yes yes but I like them on controller. This one broke my brain a little bit. So what it is, I'll hold my uh, controller up. It's left, right on the D-pad, and then X and B, which if you look at it, makes sense because that creates a straight line. Mm-hmm. So like far outside is outside yeah. D-pad and X, and then mid in that and that. But playing it, I realized as an old person gamer that I never associate the D-pad hand with the button hand oh like it just doesn't yeah work that way so i need to be going like outside outside uh, what what how what's the middle inside oh of course it's it's what it is on the controller but it really made me rewire my brain so in that way i think it's super fun because i love games that make me rethink control mechanics but also work smartly like that is you look at it and you're like that's how it's laid out of course that's how it should play and so it's super fun. I had a lot of hubris going in, and I was like, "Expert, <laughs> yeah, I've played rhythm games my whole life. Let's go!" Yeah, I got but not trashed. For ten years, or whatever it's been, seven <laughs> yeah. years since they came out. Oh, I, I got... can just jump right back in with expert because it has been years of my life that I haven't been doing this. <clears throat> yeah, I yeah. got destroyed. And so my my knit for Fortnite Festival right now is there aren't tons of songs. I think there's only eight, and the song pricing looks like it might be a little spency. But on the pro side, it looks like they're going to just be doing, you know, the rock band live style or what is that Guitar Hero Live, like rotating in songs in and out. So they won't all be your favorite, but it looks like there will be free songs to play. Get your friends together. And again, gorgeous, free, and all three yeah. of these games launching in the same week is 
is gigantic. Absolutely. Gig- they're all home runs. They're all home runs. Absolutely uh, it, phenomenal. When they support the plastic, I don't know how they're going to do it. But when, if, if they can support money, the plastic instruments, Jeff, they I have already all own, of it. Huh? It'll be money. Money is how they'll do it. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> money, dear boy. Yeah, I will. I will play that though. Yeah, I no, same. I will play that at least once. Like I, yeah. I was in college <laughs> in the mid two thousands. You know, like I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I remember reading AP magazine about all my favorite pop punk bands playing Guitar Hero on tour. Yeah, I will indulge in nostalgia in that way. What's so interesting to me though is like. Facebook changed the name of its company to Meta, and Epic is the only company still invested in creating a metaverse. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they're doing it. They're like they're doing, doing it. it, doing it. Yeah. You know, like even something like Fortnite Festival, which seems like it has the most kinks to work out, like that. That's just like uh, Amazon Prime Video on top of Amazon Prime. That's just a nice perk you get. Yeah. It? Yes. Right. Totally. And again, uh, as mentioned, like. A lot of your care, your purchases, however, you could define a metaverse. They're not NFTs or whatever, but like your purchases, a lot of them do carry over, which I don't, I don't understand the legal licensing. Maybe the answer again there is just money. But yeah. like your car, a lot of cars from Rocket League come over. Not all of your characters have Lego minifig versions, but a lot do. Again, I was running around as minifig cable. They all seem to kind of come over to Fortnite Festival, which is bizarre. Um, but in the most, I mean, I, I, gosh, the four people bands you can put together. Are you kidding me? Of all the care, I can get yeah. Alan Wake. I, I played bass guitar as Alan Wake. Oh and it my was God. incredible. Of course, of it course. Inc- I can't well, wait until you incredible. can get Timothy Chalamet in there. <laughs> well, Timmy Tim, <laughs> yeah. I love him. Yeah. There's got to be right, a Dune we, crossover we coming. Yeah. So much more to get to. I'd love to keep talking about this, but we have so much more to get to. Let's let, let's talk about <clears throat> uh, Sonic Dream Team because. I mean, I'm sure you played a lot more of it than I did. I basically loaded it up on my iPad. I was like, this is cool. And my son was like, I do Sonic game. Can I play dad? And then that was the last time I got to touch it. But uh, I'm sure you played more Sonic Dream Team. Cool that it's on Apple Arcade and uh, therefore free because I'm already doing the Apple One subscription. Um, but this is like yes. a old school Sonic Adventure style 3D Sonic game. Yes, it, it's very good. I don't know how it would review as a quote AAA release coming out on console because it. I got so excited for those other Sega games that they announced during TGAs, and this feels like a game that would have come out in that Dreamcast era. This feels like if this game had come out day and date with Mario 64, that rivalry would have continued because Sonic Dream Team is very much a Mario 64 style game where each world has – multiple runs through it but it's the same environment so the way in mario 64 you'd go in and you get the star but then after you get the star you'd get the coins you have to get the coins you know it's the same environment but the way you move around it is different and sonic dream team it's the same thing where there's i think five for each world or dreamscape but the first time it's like just get to the end the next time it's like go through these checkpoints in this time then it's like find these hidden tchotchkes and so it's all it uses that same environment but they're they're big and you kind of get to explore them and it handles the burden of sonic speed really well where it's these big open 3d environment so you kind of are allowed to and it's not just sonic but i'll keep saying sonic as an example you're you're just left to rip through them uh in a way that you don't feel confined or constrained or you make mistakes but it's kind of allowed mistakes if that makes sense where it's not because you're trying to navigate this tiny platform 
And I think the way that they've included enemies in Sonic Dream Team is genius as well, where more often than not, enemies are just boosts to the next thing. They're not there to really hinder you. You target them, you use the homing attack that Sonic's had for forever now. You kind of bounce off of them, bounce off of that, bounce off of that, then land on the next grind rail. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, You're but you can grind in the game. Stuff. Um, You're just chaining stuff, chaining, <laughs> chaining, 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 chaining. Uh, and it's yeah. fun. It's 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 fun. I don't think it looks great, but it looks oh, I fine. Do. I think it looks – again, it's not – ray tracing it's not fortnite right. uh apparently or alan wake too but it, it's bright it's colorful it runs well i'm playing it on my phone with my backbone and um i definitely it's think aw- it, it's awesome it benefits from a backbone or a controller I, I basically only played it with the virtual sticks and i've never been a fan of virtual sticks um but my son has no problem because he doesn't care and he's loving it he had a number of times where he was like dad this is awesome he's seven you know he's digging it so yeah i think if you've already got apple uh, arcade subscription with your apple one uh, this is no-brainer download it it's 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 pretty good Um, yeah i think it's a home run again i don't know how i would review as a triple a game but as a a very fun throwback sonic 3d experience dare i say it might be the best (laughs) all right um my playlist i mean we still so much to talk about there's i my playlist is basically all uh, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. This is a game I have been very much looking forward to. I am an unapologetic fan of Avatar as a movies franchise. I love them. They're two of my favorite movies ever. For some reason, people make fun of that. I don't know why, despite the fact that these movies have made more money than anything else. Uh, It it is somehow worthy of uh, contempt and scorn from many, but I don't I don't care. <laughs> I love I love these movies very much. They're among among my favorite movies uh, experiences of all time. So I was very much looking forward to this. Ubisoft, uh, when they do open world games, I tend to like them. Uh, you know, I think um, Far Cry Two was an early favorite uh, open world game for me. I love Assassin's Creed Odyssey is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, the list goes on and on. So marry those two things together. I'm excited, and this was you know, right at the end of the season of all these great games coming out, I was excited, but it was like, Oh, is it, is it going to come in too late to be really one of the best games of the year? It's making a play for my top five Christian. I don't know if it's going to make it. It has some, it has some significant flaws, but it is making a play for my top five. I will say the first thing you need to talk about when it comes to avatar frontiers of Pandora, I believe in a year of some of the most beautiful games we've ever seen, I think this is the most beautiful video game I have ever played. Full stop. This is if you if you can play this game on high enough settings. I'm playing on a PC. I have a beefy GP. I have I I'm playing this game on the medium settings, not ultra, not unobtainium settings. I am playing on the medium settings. And it is gobsmacking how gorgeous this game is. Sumptuous. I mean, the colors, if you've seen these movies, you know that they are, this alien world is colorful. It is not just blue. I hear your jokes already, listener. Uh, Yes, the characters are blue, but the world itself is these wonderful blues and greens and pinks and this sort of neon. And it's got that, you know, that uh, bioluminescent, look at night and uh but this the density of the foliage and the 
the the way this world looks and feels is absolutely next level. It feels to me like I've never seen a game world, an open game world, look like this, have so much in it. And there's a verticality to the world that is so much fun. Obviously, if you know anything about Pandora, the fictional world that the Avatar game uh, films take place in, you know they have things like floating mountains where there are these like, you know, tall, tall boulders that are just floating in the air. Um, that is in the game. They have these tall trees and the, the Navi, the alien creatures in Avatar, run along the, the trees. They are up in the trees. They're high. And there's scenes in the films where they're falling through the trees and hitting leaves and stuff. You do all of that. And the game is built with this verticality in mind. So it is a first-person game. There's no option to go into third person, much to my chagrin. But they do such a good job of putting you in that world and making the traversal through the world so much fun. So much fun. You are a nine-foot-tall, ten-foot-tall alien creature with superhuman strength. And the game really conveys that. When you're fighting against the humans, you tower over them. The game starts in a human structure that you've been captured in, and you have to duck down through doorways, and you're tower- you feel like this enormous thing, which is a really cool feeling, and the, the sense of scale is always present. But then when you're out in the, the vastness of the jungle, the, this wonderful Pandoran wilderness... You are climbing things, you're leaping, you're running constantly, and it has this kind of parkour uh, sort of um, oh, what's the zombie game that does a lot of parkour? Uh, oh. Just had a sequel recently. Anyway, Dying matter. Light? Dying, Dying Light? Light, yes. It, it kind of uh, reminiscent of that to me, which is a first person game where you do parkour, and the parkour is really fun in, in uh, Dying Light games. This, this it, it, I always felt like I was in control leaping grabbing on things they do this awesome stuff where there are these little plants that um if you run into them they they there's plants all over the place that that are dangerous that'll like explode or you know shoot gas in the air or have electricity on them so you have to kind of be aware of what you're moving through but there's also a kind of plant that when you run into it it bursts into this mist that invigorates the navi so it gives you a burst of speed so you can like chain together as you're running along the, 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 these massive tree trunks that are sort of horizontal and weaving through the environment. You're running along and hitting that and getting bursts of speed and leaping. And very early in the game, you get like a, a sort of modified double jump. It's not a true like Mario double jump or, you know, platformer double jump. It's, it's, you have to do it with some, finesse and you can't wait to the last minute to do the double jump you have to sort of chain it and you're like jumping and bounding through the environment and double jumping and leaping off these vines and going up and you can run and they're like these hanging rope vines that you can push uh, hold a button and it'll pull you up and so you're like run 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 leap grab onto it pull you up like the best moments of jedi survivor where you're kind of in that Prince of Persia, you know, flow state. I felt like I was in that so often in Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. And that is just pure joy for me. I love great traversal in games. And I felt like 
you know, leaping up, climbing things. You're always going higher and doing things up there and you can leap off of stuff. And then, you know, you can literally hit these giant leaves as you go down and it'll slow your descent, you know, and there's a perk that you can get later on where you get no fall damage at all. So you can just leap off of things. But then very early in the game, very early in the game, I say to Guerrilla Games, the developers of Horizon Forbidden West, very early in the game, you get a flying mount, which uh, bugged me that Horizon gives it to you in like the last 10 minutes of the game. <laughs> it's like, hey, flying mount, bye. And you're like, wait, but I want to use it. Uh, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora gives you a flying mount very early in the game and puts no restrictions on it. You've just got this flying mount now. You can do the stuff from the movie, which is leap off of something. You start falling, you push the button, and the flying mount comes underneath you, catches you, and you're just flying. It's so satisfying and fun. And the quest to get the flying mount, the Ikron from uh, uh, Avatar, if you remember any of the movie, the first movie, getting the Ikron is like a big deal. You bond with it, and they they climb, they ascend these floating islands, these floating rocks in the sky, and you get to the very top to the roost and have to, you have to, you know, bond with your Ekron and tame it. You do that quest in this game and the ascent up the, the thing to get there is so rad. It's so much fun. The view is amazing. The game looks incredible and you're leaping and bounding and flying off of things. There's, there's these trees that like throw you and catapult you and you're catching stuff. You're doing that like Prince of Persia, Jedi Survivor style, fun platforming in the most beautiful environment I've ever seen in a video game, period. You're giving me a lot of compelling reasons to play this video game, and I did not see the last Avatar movie. So, I I mean, I know there's a lot of people that harbor a, a real hatred for this IP, it has always baffled me as to why. And people are like, it's derivative. I'm like, well, it gave me some of the most fun moments in, in a cinema I've ever had. Who am I to argue with James Cameron? Did you direct exactly. Who Terminator 2? Did anyone, right. did any one of you direct Terminator 2? No. So Boom. there you go. Uh, yes. Who are any of us? Uh, I will say, I, I think the combat in this game is super fun. I mean, it's, it's a first person shooter, but you've, You've got these like super overpowered, cool things that you can do. You get a variety of bows and also you have the human weapons. Like you can use a a machine gun, but you've got this cool like lacrosse thing. It's like a lacrosse, I don't know, racket. Do they call them rackets? I don't know what they call them. But uh, you throw, you can lob these grenades. Um, There's all kinds of crafting. There's food plays a huge role in the game. They do a really interesting thing with your health where – you have two bars. You have a bar of health and you have a bar of how fed you are, how nourished you are. And if you maintain a nourishment, if you're feeding yourself, then your health will replenish on its own. But if you haven't eaten in a while, your health will not replenish, which is such a cool idea. I've never seen anybody do that before. But also you can craft uh, all these recipes that give you bonuses and boons and and uh, stat buffs and um, – you know, it, it, it's awesome. If you're not into the fiction of this world, I don't think you'll like it as much as me. But I think fundamentally, 
it is a really excellently made video game in what is undoubtedly the most exquisite, beautiful visuals all year. And here we have talked about how Cyberpunk 2077 looks now, how Alan Wake 2 looks now. There are a lot of contenders for the most beautiful video game of the year. I don't think anyone, anyone stands up to what Avatar Frontiers of Pandora looks like. The Snowdrop engine is incredible. And I mean, I'm, I'm, having a, I'm having a blast. I happen to really like the universe. You're, you're going to be talking to a lot of uh, Na'vi, right? You are a Na'vi. You're going to be talking to a lot of Na'vi. A lot of the game is very heavy-handed. Nature is beautiful and worth cherishing. Pollution is bad. You go into these areas where things are polluted and it's all desaturated. This vibrant, beautiful, colorful world you've been running in running through is desaturated. Everything is gross and, and oozing bad stuff. And you can, you know, destroy the polluting towers that are shooting black smoke into the sky. And then it comes back and is, you know, colorful again. Um, so the, and you know, you tame animals, you treat them well. It's very, it's very heavy handed in its messaging about that stuff. It doesn't bother me. I think it's cool. Super fun. Um, you know, you, you tame animals, you can ride, uh, there's, there's other mounts that you can get. Um, I, it, it does all of the late stage Far Cry stuff that I like, that I think Ubisoft does really, really well without that element of the late Far Cry games that have always put me off, which is I got to hear, you know, I got to experience this kind of ugly, distasteful stuff. Yeah, here's some you know? weird mean guy to tell me that I suck and that everything I believe in is stupid. <laughs> like, yes. I'd rather have the sort of corny environmentalism of Avatar. I, I absolutely would. You said, now you've completely sold me. I I feel the same way about Far Cry, where it's like, I, I like these gameplay loops, but I do not like the whole thing you got going on there. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I'll take I it. I agree. And, and this is like the total solution to that. It does really smart things. You don't get XP for killing anything. N- nothing. Even the bad, bad humans. You don't get XP for – there's no XP. Interesting. There's no – killing something gives you XP. No. It, you, your level in the game is based on a combination of the things you have accomplished and the gear that you are wearing. Interesting. So upgrading your gear is always the primary – motivation and you can do that in a number of ways crafting it completing quests will give you better gear and it's also melded in with like the skills that you get so you get skill points and you can put them into all these different ways to get uh improve your character you know better hunter better you know you you more health more damage all kinds of different things so that contributes to your level as well so there's levels of quest and there's a level that you have but it's not based on xp and the other cool thing is m- many of the best skills that you can get aren't just given to you. You have to go out into the world and find a thing that gets you that skill. So there's like these really cool next level skills like that um, no fall damage one. That's you go to a place and you acquire that at that specific place, which is – I love that. It, it forces you to explore and get out into the world. So I've – talked at length about all the things I love about this game. And I really think it's making a play for one of my favorite games of the year. I have a lot more left to play of it, but I will say there are a a couple of really glaring flaws that it has. 
Yeah, it's, one not of in them. My, it's not in Fortnite. Put it in it's Fortnite. Fortnite. <laughs> you want me to play yeah. it? Put it in Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of them is, and I don't understand this one, but every transition the game makes into going to a cutscene, and early on there's a lot of those, but it, there's a lot throughout where you'll you'll go up to somebody and it'll transition to a cutscene and you'll be talking to them or something will happen or whatever. It fades to black before it does that. I don't know if that's to mask a load or what it's doing, but it's it's jarring and it's unfortunate because most games these days are just sort of seamless. When you you know you're in first person mode, you walk up. It it doesn't it doesn't fade to black and then cut to a cinematic angle. You're still in first person. It just sort of fades to black and comes back, and it's it really bugs me and it's a bummer. The bigger issue that I think is the biggest flaw of this game is the the map and the amount of times you have to figure out where you're going it doesn't automatically put a quest marker in your hud you have the navi senses that you have to activate and then that will like show you an indicator of where you're headed but it fades out extremely fast so i'm like constantly just spamming that button of like Navi senses. Okay. I see it. Navi senses. Okay. I see it for a little Navi. And it's like, why are you making me do that? Especially because it's a very bare HUD, which I like because the game is vibrant and beautiful. And I just want to be in the world, but it does have a little compass at the top, sort of Mm -hmm. similar to like a Bethesda game, like Starfield or Skyrim, where there's a little compass at the top, but your main quest markers aren't on the compass. And I don't understand why they wouldn't do that. There's like, just, yeah, put it there. There's got to be a better way to gamify. Also, being in one at one with nature, right? Like the Navi are supposed to be. Like at least, like maybe highlight something in the distance that you can like see visually with your eyes. Like not even have to look towards the compass, right? Just just right. keep lighting the way. It's the like, Ghost right. of Tsushima. Yeah, you know, or, just like give me that Spider-Man wind trail 2. or something. Like, Spider-Man Two yeah. does that so well too, yeah. where it's like yeah. you can see the thing in the distance. Yeah, it's a bummer. And, you know, there's other cool stuff like, you know, you you have to do these investigations at certain point and it really – they can be a little frustrating because you'll see clues and you can find the clues, but you have to look at them in the right order. But it's hard to know what the right – it's not intuitive. as the, So it's a lot of just trial and error of like, okay, I looked it in the wrong order and the character will be like, no, that's not it. It's like, well, but <laughs> – anyway, so there's a few glaring – little frustrations with with it but overall i am blown away by avatar frontiers of pandora i as again i am inclined to like this universe but i think this game it it clearly the money is on the screen it's beautiful it's fun to be in that world it's fun to move in that world the stuff you're doing is cool flying on your ecron is amazing the combat's super fun and satisfying i just i'm into it and i will say the way I'm playing this is through uh, Ubisoft Connect or Ubisoft Plus or whatever it's called. Uh, 15 bucks, and I'm playing this game uh, for a month. You know, I didn't have to pay $70 for it. Uh, I'm paying, I, I, will I play it longer than a month? I don't know. But even if I play it for two months, 30 bucks, you know? So that's a little tip for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, really liking it. Okay. I know we're already long. Uh, we got to do a, just a quick. VR segment, and then we'll get get out of here. There's so much to talk about. Virtual reality. VR. Virtual reality. Just VR. 
I have been playing a ton of Arizona Sunshine 2 on both PlayStation 5 and MetaQuest 3. I want to compare and contrast those. I'm going to save that until next week. I, I think the game is excellent and it's really fun, but I'll talk about it next week because we're already so long. What we should talk about this week is that Christian and I have both been playing the VR mode that just released for the Resident Evil 4 remake. Christian, what is your... We're playing it on PS5. It is exclusive to PlayStation 5. Uh, what is your take on the Resident Evil 4 remake VR mode? Caveat, I did not play the Quest Resident Evil 4. I have a Quest 1. I don't have a Quest 2, so I did not play that Resident Evil 4 VR mode. That and out of the way. Not, uh, <laughs> that yeah, was based say, yeah. on uh, a very, you know, not, not the remake version, right? The right. old old and busted looking <laughs> yes, Resident Evil yes. 4. Yeah. Um, Based on this the is GameCube f- version of Resident <laughs> Evil 4. <laughs> Resident Evil 4 VR mode on PlayStation VR 2 is my favorite Resident Evil VR. I played through a whole bunch of 7 in VR and some of a village in VR before I was like, still too scary. Um, Resident Evil 4 is such that action, bombastic, you know, you're an action star running around through this village that it's not as spooky for me. And so also I've played it a million times. So probably also why it's not as spooky for me. Seven, I was very scared playing and I did not enjoy that experience, but I felt I should play it in VR. I love this game. I think it is brilliant. I think it is stunning. I think it is beautiful. Yes, if I do a side-by-side, I can see the graphical difference between the flat version in this VR version. Yes, there are some low res textures here that don't exist in the flat version of the game, but holy moly, does it look incredible. And to be walking around these environments that I know so well, but now in VR, I am playing um, full regular locomotion, tiny bit of, um, you know, snap to turn on my tournament, not, not free turning left and right, but very little. I've had, as someone who has had a good amount of nausea playing VR games, I've had zero in this. And I find it fascinating how well this game is adapted for VR. There's so much verticality in the levels, in the kill boxes in Resident Evil 4 that I think make fun play experiences in the flat game as well, even back in the GameCube game. But how transformative it is to be in VR in these moments where I'm now looking over the edge, just turning around and shooting backwards when uh, you know someone comes up from behind me or down below or peeking in through a window of a house that I haven't entered or a, you know a structure that I haven't entered yet and taking out enemies. And then the knife parry in this game in VR feels maybe a little too OP, but I love it. Dude, I love knife, it. Knife in Resident Evil 4 VR becomes the best weapon. I'm like, I don't care that I don't have ammo. I am a knife-wheeling MF-er, MFers. I am <laughs> I am liquid death with a knife because I can run up and stab, 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 stab. I must look like a complete goon in my office in VR because I'm just like, my arm is jabbing forward as I'm playing this game, just stabbing, stabbing some zombies. 
Yeah, uh, I sent you a clip of someone else doing it better than I do it, but I'm dual wielding. You know, I have my knife in one hand, my pistol in the other, and I'm running around like John Wick. I immediately close space, right? Like even yeah. like the chainsaw guy comes at me and I parry that. Someone else comes behind me and I'm just like pop, pop, like under the chin with my pistol <laughs> as they're coming. And which is I, like, I love that's, it. That, that's what makes these vr games so special is there's no way to do that on a controller there's no way to convey that feeling you can have the coolest combat system ever where i can push x and y and hold the triggers and now my guy's attacking behind him yes spider-man 2 spider-man 2 phenomenal phenomenal very fun it's very fun it's not what you're describing which is yes i'm doing that because I thought of it, not because there's a combo in the game that lets me do it, but because I physically decided I could do that and then and then pulled it off. Yeah, as an yeah. observer from a distance of VR, not a player of VR, this is the thing that's always really been my big question, right? Like, I I've never was a big believer in 3D movies, right? Because our eyes perceive depth in a natural way, you know? VR, the idea of being in an immersive space of 360 degrees around me didn't necessarily interest me. But the idea of literally becoming Keanu Reeves, that sounds pretty <laughs> tight, right? Like, how do you make me feel like I'm like I'm a genius for thinking about where to put one gun and where to put another gun? That's got to be the thing that makes VR pop as a, a, yeah. a way to play games and a way to design games. Totally. Yeah. I mean, Pistol Whip is a great example of that. Uh, Super Hot's a great example of that. And I think this version of Resident Evil 4 is is super fun. Now, I, there are some major flaws, right? This is a game that was retrofit into VR. So anytime there's a cutscene, you are just looking at a flat. It's like you're in a movie theater all of a sudden looking at a flat representation of the cutscene. That's fine. It forces you to play it in first person. I honestly wish you could choose. Because there are a number of times, like if you do a melee attack or open a door, <laughs> uh, it'll like pop out into third person mode and you'll see, uh, you know, the, the character do it. Uh, Leon, I believe. Isn't it Leon? Um, yes, it is Leon. Leon! Um, and it's like, oh, that would be a great way to play this. It would be a great way to – it's still in VR. It would be a great way to play this. It would remove that thing we were talking about where you're cool John Wick. But I still think just having a VR camera where I can look at a third-person you know, character is a step up, and I wish more developers would recognize that. That's my bugaboo. But uh, – so you know, you're often seeing a 2D version uh, of, of things – there are some weird stuff like I can't just reach out and push open a door like I would expect to be able to, like I can in most VR made games. I have Which to I've push heard you X can to do open in the, the quest in the quest version. I, I've heard it's more VR native. Um, yes, than this. Which again, I have not played it, but that's what I. Yeah, and like objects aren't you can't just pick up the apple, you know, yeah, off the you shelf. Still push it is X very to much grab it. You still push X to open doors. You still you still push it. There are some things you can do like puzzle items where you'll like pick up the thing and physically put it on the thing and rotate the thing. Uh, and that's cool, but it's still sort of like halfway there, but the halfway that's there, I think is the best way to play this game. I am. I played more of resident evil four remake in VR than I did in, you know, flat because I was like, I'm just having fun. This is super fun. 
And it's not like, like you said, Christian, it's not like seven or village where it's just terrifying. I mean, there's still <laughs> some scary moments, but Resident Evil four just isn't trying to be as terrifying as seven and eight were, you know? Uh, and so it's much more of an action game. And, and because of that, it's super fun. I think they did a great job with this. And the, the other bummer is like, it, it doesn't present if you have to seek out this VR mode, like there's an in-game store, but you go to the in-game store and it doesn't have the VR mode as a downloadable and it doesn't automatically update to have the VR mode. You have to seek it out in the PlayStation store and download it, which is such a shame. But if you know, you know, and I think it's well worth doing if you have PlayStation VR 2, well worth doing. I'm going to say something maybe controversial. We don't need to delve into it, but I like the push X to open door. I I wish more games did that because that's usually my least favorite part of a VR game because it doesn't, I understand it's trying to have me do the thing, but the physics are never quite right. Even with a haptic controller, it doesn't feel like I'm grabbing the door. I always feel like I'm kind of Mm. flailing through old school um, Star Wars lightsaber fighting where I just like swinging through theirs. I get you. And so- I love that it's like, yeah, yeah, all the non quote unquote cool stuff. I'm just pushing X to interact with and playing it as a video game. And then all the cool stuff like dropping the clip from my gun, reloading my gun, you know, cocking it to get it ready, all that stuff I'm doing. And that feels great. And everything else, yeah, just give me a button all day, every day. I love it. I I sympathize with that point. I sympathize with that point. Um, I think that's an interesting take and I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Um, so yeah, I, I I buy that. It's the other stuff that is a, a bit of a bummer where it's like, oh, we you walk through a door, cut to flat screen, just watching it. Um, some of that stuff's a bit of a annoying, but I've heard that was just how they did those cutscenes. Like all of those are even cheated in engine. Like people yeah. are talking about mods. If you watch it beyond, they're like patching in this light from over here to do this thing, and like yeah. Yeah, it's and video that, game magic. How it, it's how it was <laughs> on the Meta Quest version as well. It's not any different. So um, but there you go. Uh, lots more VR stuff to talk about next week. I, I'm going to be talking a lot about VR. We've been getting a lot of uh, emails about VR. I want to read some of those. We're just, you know, there was just so much to get into this episode. We'll have to push it off, but that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Keita Jackson, you're the best. It's so much fun chatting with you about games. Thanks for being here. No problem at all. I love talking about video games and I love being on podcasts. So easy win-win scenario for me. Tell folks where they can keep up with you and all the cool stuff you're doing You online. should come visit Aftermath.site. We have it all. We have eulogies for Henry Kissinger. We have reviews of television shows about fake television shows. We've got one-word articles. We've got Luke Plunkett always out here collecting some incredibly good video game art and showcasing for y'all. It is super fun to write for this site. I'm going to be writing some cool, fun, weird stuff in the future. And if you are so uh, inclined, you can check out how to support us there at aftermath.site slash products. Please do. Very, very cool. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Well, I have a rule. I don't read any websites that don't also provide a podcast about DC Comics 52. So uh, if there's not that, I am out. Oh, my um, goodness. It, I can't believe take... it. But we actually have something to offer you. <laughs> what, what are the I odds? Lo- I love I love 52. <laughs> I was so excited when I saw that you all were doing that. And, and 
giving it the care uh, that I think it deserves. I think it's kind of dismissed too easily. And even by DC sometimes (laughs) by how fast they moved on from it. I love 52. Um, I have a newsletter. It's on Substack now. You can find it at christianspicer.substack.com. It's called Let's Chat Games. And I write uh, conversational pieces about video games. They come out about uh, every other week or so. And I think this next one is going to be on the idea of when time is truly the only limiting factor, what are games going to become? I am fascinated by this idea now. And I don't know if I'll have my thoughts together in time for this upcoming newsletter. That's what I think. I have another one that I've started, but this is now fascinating me where if it is game pass, it's not cost. It's not, I'm not getting that game for Christmas because you probably already have it. And for TV, it's not, oh, I had to choose friends over the Simpsons because they were both on at the same time. It's like everything is always available all of the time. How do you decide? <laughs> so you can find that again on Substack, christianspicer.substack.com. Love people to uh, check that out. And then this show is on Threads and Instagram as DLC Hype Train. And we are also on YouTube where we put up little video segments of this very show that you're listening to. And that is at DLC pod on YouTube. I have other shows for you to check out. You've probably heard me mention them. So the only thing I'll say this week is that I also put together an amazon.com storefront. If you're looking for cool gift ideas this holiday season, if you're looking for the kinds of things that I like or that have been helpful for my family, I put them together. Actually, my wife did most of the work, I'll be honest. But it's under my name. So, you know, I'm going to take credit. Uh, it is amazon.com slash store slash Jeff Canada. Uh, there's all kinds of different categories. Uh, thing, you know, my favorite board games, uh, board games that my kids like, stuff that's helped my kids. My, my daughter has a lot of sensory processing issues, stuff that's helped us in that regard, things in my house, stuff I can't live without, food items. All kinds of cool stuff. And I get a little commission if you buy anything that you see there. Uh, so check it out. It, it would be helpful to me. And it it could uh, be helpful to you if you're looking for cool gift ideas or just stuff that might uh, enrich your life in some way. Amazon.com slash store slash Jeff Canada. All right. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Gita, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Yes, it's coincidentally right next to me. I didn't plan this, but uh, I went to the Strand yesterday and I saw this and I couldn't not buy it. It's this beautiful edition of Paradise Kiss, which is a classic shoujo manga, notable because Ayazawa, it is about uh, a student who's in a cram school and, you know, living a lackluster life. And then she meets these really cool fashion students and falls for one of them. And they're all into counterculture stuff. And like one of them's a punk rocker. It's all very neat. But Ayazayo went to one of the most famous and prestigious fashion schools in Tokyo. And you can really see all the love she has for clothes on the page. It's just beautiful and if you think you are not someone who's into like romance stories it is genuinely a story about going like leaving high school knowing who you are and who you're supposed to be she ends up really choosing herself over to over the relationship she's in and i love that you hardly ever read love stories like that maybe very happy very cool that's uh, again that's paradise kiss the 20th anniversary edition 
I, I wasn't. Yazawa. Christian Spicer, what is your parting gift? Once again, proving that our community is better than we'll ever be, Jeff. Um, yes. Aaron McLeod knocked this out of the park. No idea it was coming. Messaged it to us. DLCreckoning.com. Folks that listen to this show know that every year um, Jeff and I put our uh, butts out over our feet. Uh, however you want to say. We, we really put ourselves in a precarious position of making. i be honest with you. My butt is always over my feet. <laughs> Out beyond our feet. <laughs> Jeff, I walk like an early polygonal character and my butt is nowhere. <laughs> Touche. Okay. Proving once again that our community is better than us and also Jeff is better than me at the words. Um, Aaron McLeod created DLCreckoning.com and it is this beautiful uh, holding us to account for our uh, – predictions each and every year are our bold and cool ranch predictions and not only does it have them all listed it has our percentages there's a a score a leaderboard which clearly spicer domus is dominating and that's not why this is my parting gift it's not uh, my parting yeah, gift because it might be it's I'm, like a really clearly... significant margin too between the two of you i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i i wasn't gonna mention that you know it's there it's there in black and white on the newspaper, say, so to speak. That's proof that my butt is even farther over my feet than yours. <laughs> yeah. So, Aaron, uh, I have not paid you yet, but thank you. I will. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's awesome. DLCreckoning.com. Very cool. It's always fun to see those things presented in such a cool, beautiful way. And our community, time and time again, uh, just knocks my socks off and presses the crap out of me. And this is another example of it. DLCreckoning.com. It is almost that time of year again yes. where I once again need to put my butt over my feet, apparently. and uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's an amazing thing. Uh, thank you, Aaron, for making this. It's really, really cool. Never in my wildest dreams would I think anybody would take the time to build something like this. And it's, it's neat. I will say he picked a picture of you that makes you look extremely young and vibrant, whereas Those I look like the old man that I am. And those uh, pictures are are from the old uh um five by five is yeah, where those are sourced from. So they are looking, probably you're like fifteen in yours. They're like, probably ten years old, which meant that I was young and you were still your same age. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Uh speaking of our amazing community and uh broader awesomeness, uh you know that the one of the folks that has created a lot of the wonderful bumpers that we use, those little jingles. Uh, is Sean Madigan and his family of musicians. Uh, and every year, if you're, if you remember, if you've been listening to us for a while, every year, Sean Madigan and his family do a holiday song. This year's song has come out uh, and it is available for purchase uh, at seanmadigan.bandcamp.com. Check it out. Uh, usually we play it, but I didn't get specific uh, authorization from Sean this year. Maybe maybe we'll play it next week if he wants us to. Um, but uh, it's really fun as always. They're delightful and clever. Uh, Gingerbread Bop uh, <laughs> is the song this year, and um, deserves your support for all of the wonderful uh, enhancement to our podcast that he's provided over the years. So check that out. Uh, I will I will do a bonus second. Uh, <laughs> Second parting gift real quick, because weeks ago, if you recall, listeners, 
Um, Max wrote into dlcfeedback at gmail.com and suggested, uh, he said, I'm, I'm getting ahead of the curve because it's not out in the, in the States yet, but I want you to check out a show called Colin from Accounts. Well, that has been released here in the States on Paramount Plus, and I checked it out, and my wife and I have absolutely fallen in love with the show. It's one of my favorite half-hour comedies of the last however long. It's delightful. Thank you, Max, for suggesting it, and I'm going to pass it along with my uh, seal of approval as well. Colin from Accounts on Paramount Plus. It's hilarious. It's charming. It's smart. Great, great stuff. All right. We have a listener-suggested parting gift as well. This comes from Adam, who uh, wrote in at dlcfeedback at gmail.com and said, Christian's recommendation of El Paso elsewhere in the most recent episode got me thinking about Leica Aged Through Blood. This is another independent game that came out earlier this year that I don't think got enough attention. It's definitely one of my favorite games I've played all year, if not the very best. Jeff mentioned it on the podcast when the demo was available prior to the full game's release. His recommendation was what made me aware of it. As Jeff said for the demo, the gameplay is fantastic. However, there's so much more to it than the pure fun factor. The story is also great. It will make you laugh. It will definitely make you cry. And the soundtrack is unforgettable. Before you create your list for favorite games of the year, I urge you to give Leica Aged Through Blood a closer look. I think it definitely has a chance to be a relevant contender. Thank you, Adam. Uh, Yes, I really dug the demo for that. So much stuff to play, but uh, we really appreciate the parting gift. If you'd like to have your parting gift on the show, send it to us, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. All right, that's it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those awesome bumpers. You can go to dlcswag.com to get merchandise for the show. That was created by Jesse J. Anderson. Our biggest thanks, however, are reserved for our patrons who make this show possible. Without them, we would not be making it. So thank you, patrons. Our hype train patrons, our top-tier patrons, they get their own video game, which Christian and I are going to describe right now. It's always fun to think back on some of these games that nobody else seems to be talking about. I, I'm referring, for example, to David Epp, the video game. Do you remember that one, Christian? There was a time, when was it? Was it the first Walking Dead games? Maybe before that, the idea of the episodic video mm-hmm. game. And in my yeah. head, I was just like, been done. You know, very, I mean, I, very in vogue for a, a while, you know, uh, Half-Life Episode 1, Half-Life Episode 2. Wait, and then nothing. are you going to get on the Give Us David Ep 3? Are you one of those? Are you a I, David Ep 3-er? Do you need me to get my shirt? I printed up shirts. You still have it? Like, I was first to see the trailer. Or what, what was the shirt? Was it one of those, or is it, it a custom homemade one? No, it's it, 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 was, it was a custom homemade one that said, Give me David Ep 3. Because <laughs> David Ep, the second Ep, <laughs> left on such a cliffhanger. Is David alive or dead? Does he remember his past or not? What's up with David? Is it short for David Tholomew? I don't know. (laughs) I remember when they showed the trailer. I mean, again, it was ahead of its time, right? As episodic. And the second David Ep 2 was 2 David 2 Ep. We all remember that, like well before. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Who could could forget 2 David 2 Ep? (laughs) And then they showed the logo for 
episode three and it was David Threp, you know, like the three is yeah. the, like, again, just ahead. I thought ahead it was, of its uh, time. I thought it was step ep. <laughs> and step ep again. <laughs> or those were just the, that was just the marketing, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, step up to David to app, uh, step up to your local game shop to buy to David to app. Truly wish that they got to continue the story because yeah, I mean, a total cliffhanger and just, I think ahead of its time, unfortunately, like now we it'd be on game pass and it'd be a huge hit, but yeah. then it was just a little, a little ahead of its time. They had too shame. much. There, there was so much story they had about David. Uh, they couldn't fit it into a single app. You know, no, that's the problem. No, it was never meant to be a single app. It was, you know, again, Quantum Break tried it. Uh, yeah. I tried to tell this, a, a whole TV series, a whole TV season within a game. Yeah. And to contain all of David into a single game. <laughs> so many facets no- of David. This, just a bottomless well of interesting content, really. Yeah, I, I remember that. I'm a big fan. I mean, is it Beckham? Is it biblical? You know, like just where, yeah. where are we going with all these uh, Davids? It sounds like you need one of my shirts. Give us David F3. <laughs> all right. We also, you know, this is a harder one to talk about, I think, because we all know that in the early 90s, Street Fighter had an oversized footprint on the entire gaming industry. It was the gaming franchise. Street Fighter 2 just changed everything. Right. And there were a lot of contenders to that throne. There were, I mean, even you could argue Mortal Kombat was a derivative game to Street Fighter 2, right? It was trying to give you more of what you love about Street Fighter 2. But there was no more derivative game than Shoryu Ken. <laughs> <laughs> well, what people don't know is that uh, Shoryuken's original name was Two Street Two Fighter. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a because it was so people. Street Fighter. It was so Street Fighter. It was it, like that's Two yeah. Street Two Fighter, and they couldn't. Their legal yeah. is like we can't use that. That still has Street Fighter in the name. Well, and yeah, so, but it's it's wild that they made an entire game just about the Dragon Punch. It was like. I feel like, you know, Street Fighter was so big and people were dissecting every little piece of it. It's like, you know, it, it, you must defeat Sheng Long to stand a chance. What does that mean? All that stuff. But to make an entire game just about the Dragon Punch, you know? Which again, I'm sorry, Jeff. Uh, legal, uh, not Mark for marketing here, but as legal, I do need to say it was a punch like a dragon in Shuru Ken. It was not... Right. The dragon no, right. punch. It was a, a very punch different. like a dragon. Yeah. So very technically sp- very different. Enough different that no one got sued. But still, yes. sure you can. I felt like I was like, you know, would I really go through the streets just dragon punching everything? It turns out in that <laughs> game you would. You really would. Say what you will. I think it's a far superior game than that Sub Zero Mortal Kombat third person action game. And oh. all, all, one good move is all you need, you know? Like, why give me 10 mediocre moves if I have... If I'm going to get into a fight, Jeff, if you and I were to fight yeah. and I could do a dragon punch, would I do anything else? No. Or a a nondescript large li- lizard punch. <laughs> a generic cold-blooded yeah. reptile blow non- with my fist. non reptilian <laughs> strike. Yes. <laughs> And again, that's not to to 
dismiss the quality. Sure, you can was an incredible game. I had so much fun playing it, but uh, it just felt like, oh, I see what they're doing here. You know? Yeah. I see what yeah. they're doing. I, I think had it come out before Street Fighter 2, it probably would have come out under a different name, like uh, something that's like never been done before, like One Punch Man. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. At that time, it would have been revolutionary. Revolutionary. Well, um, we appreciate uh, this opportunity to be able to look back on these old games, and we appreciate our hype train patrons who make all of this possible. All right. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.